Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. But I'd like to see a Saved by the Bell adaptation by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, I, I don't even know what that would be. But I really want to see it. Or, or what's it called? What's it called? Jesse just taking those pills. <laughs> you know? oh and he has what he yes. calls a hip-hop montage. Oh my god. Let me ask you something else about about uh, Grant Morrison because yeah. I, one of the criticisms that I've seen of him and that I think is maybe maybe fair is that he has a tendency to sort of promise, make all these promises and not not deliver on them. Like the payoff just isn't as rewarding as you know as what you're hoping for because he's like he's creating all these cool concepts and it's so exciting but then like when he gets to the end like you know you're waiting you're waiting for the payoff and it's not there um, i think that's for yeah. the ones that are longer yeah you know, the things that you know kind of peter out a little bit like the things that are sort of enclosed you know like all-star superman or x-men or animal man or you know even like um even the invisibles to some extent even though there was a huge delay on I mean, it kind of had a very weird ending, but it sort of it does a. It has a very. It, it's interesting how Invisible sort of cha- changed in its perspective because it, he was writing it as kind of his own autobiographical story at the time, mm-hmm. and it changed from being about sort of craziness and perversion into hope because he changed. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 Sam. You were saying it was a criticism of Grant Morrison or Alan Moore? Of Grant Morrison, and it's something yeah, that I've yeah. seen Grant Morrison even say about himself. Yeah, that he knows, he's, he's, he knows that he's, the yeah, that, that's true. You know, similar to similar to like for example, Stephen King. Stephen King is is very similar in that way that he had he is very good at like building up this like mystery and and just drama and you know, but then like when you get to the end, it's just not satisfying. You know, it doesn't. Well, yeah, I agree. I think that's sort of how it is with like Seven Soldiers. It didn't didn't really fit in the way. Well, I'd no, like. but, but honestly, what of Grant Morrison's stuff had a really good payoff, and not many in terms of the entire arc. I I do think payoff is a difficult thing because I don't think a lot of people really are that good. It's a very difficult thing. I think Joss Whedon is someone who who knows how to do it. Um, uh. Like, like I, I, I think, I think payoff is just really difficult. I don't even think Alan Moore's perfect with it. Um, I just think that what Alan Moore does, he just has these really great concepts, and he has a lot of little payoffs going on in the whole thing. But ultimate payoff is kind of difficult. But I do think Grant Morrison. With Alan I, Moore, I think it really depends. It's, it's, it varies from work to work. You know, I think some of them have very good conclusions, you know, and good payoffs, and others don't. And it just kind of depends on. You know how much he he stuck to his his focus and you know and just reined himself in. Well, like well, Watchmen, it, it was it was good enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna do spoilers now, but um, okay. Um, but with with uh with Watchmen, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, with Watchmen, you know, you get to like the payoff, like that whole thing about what would bring everyone together is he was you know staging an alien invasion, and and you know that's that's an understandable thing, um. By the time I read it, I think it became it wasn't completely a cliche by that point, but that's something that's an idea I'd, I had already heard before. So maybe for the time it was more original, but I think it was still enough of a payoff. Um, v for Vendetta was 
I, I, I found the moments stronger when, when they, there were, you know, there were, you know, different characters. I know, Sam, you have to read it. There were spoilers. Yeah, that's, um, I, I'm somewhat ashamed to say that I saw the movie Be Friends at it, but I haven't read the comic book. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do it, Sam. You'll, you'll really, like, you just need to do it. Um, I have it, and that's the thing, I have it, I just haven't gotten around to reading it. Alan yeah. Moore about this, okay? Because he will write a comic where you die. <laughs> but he'll also like do some kind of black magic and and actually try to kill me in real life yeah oh, probably he's all about killing you in real life <laughs> i mean no he does that he's he actively practices black magic like I know, that's you don't want to you don't want to mess with him you really don't well that's the thing grant morrison says he practices magic too grant morrison was in that, that book of it was in that book of um i actually bought it the um disinformation that that company disinformation book of lies which is a book about about magic and things like that and he has like one of the first articles in there about how to do magic and his idea once again this is not alan moore bringing a sexual thing it's the grant morrison thing his idea is that you have to like summon a god at the moment of orgasm that's like his idea um that that's the thing you have to like write the name of a god and and the moment you're like jerking off or something like that you have to in the moment you're you're like ejaculating you have to you have to say the name of the god and that'll summon uh, everything um and and you know that's that's his thing but like um but but they both have these like really extreme ideas about magic and language is magic and and all and all this different all this different stuff so i think that's where the comparison comes in and i think that i i think that it manifests itself you know when we're talking about kind of the comparison between the two authors i think that that grant morrison he's a little more blatant about it that's that that's what i think it kind of is he, like grant morrison just in general not that he's not nuanced but he's still always blatant in the way he 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 establishes and approach and, and approaches things and presents things alan moore sometimes is the alan moore i feel like it's more like kind of behind the scenes so we can sort of create this huge world and and he thinks of it as like he's utilizing these 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 ideas to create the world. But I feel like Grant Morrison's really trying to get those ideas out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, certainly I would say like in comparing something like Watchmen, you know, to something like The Invisibles, um, you know, Watchmen has like certain themes, but the themes themselves are subtle. They're not it's never like spelled out like blatantly or, you know, like this is what superheroes would be like in real life or, you know, mm -hmm. superheroes are scarier than you would think, or, you know, like these, you know, the obvious ideas, but like, but it's just left for the reader to interpret something like the invisibles. I mean, the invisibles is like really, really in your face, you know? Right. And I say that not, I haven't read the later issues of, of the invisibles. I only read the beginning of it, <laughs> It's okay. but, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, like, you know, his characters are anarchists and like, you know, the whole point is like corporations are evil and governments is evil, and you know yeah, that's how it started. Are... It did not end that way. So I understand it didn't end that way, but it's like it's like it's just a different kind of um, it's a different style from like what Alan Moore does. Like Benji was saying, like the themes are not you know the themes are are very aggressive instead of being understated. Yeah. So. If we can give, like, I guess, I guess if we're, you know, sort of wrapping up the discussion, like, what can we say as, like, com like comparison points between the, the two, the two authors? I mean, it seems like we're kind of saying that, like, 
one is more blatant than the other. And I think that's kind of the intention because it seems like at more of like a base level, like Grant Morrison, I, I said earlier on, he's kind of about the aesthetic. Like Grant Morrison, he's about like, you know, the punk rock anarchist thing. And he, but he really believes that the aesthetic, um, and, and that the stylish part of, of, of art and, and aesthetics are really important. Well, and as, as, as a way of getting across hmm. to, uh, ideas to people. And I feel like Alan Moore, Though Alan Moore does want to get ideas across, Alan Moore is is really about the sort of craft, and I think also Alan Moore is really into, you know, these these large like 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 um epical you know sort of works of literature. You know what I mean? I feel like he's way more literary than 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 uh, Grant Morrison. And did Grant you, Morrison. Did you use the word epical? I don't know epical? if that's a word. I don't know if it's <laughs> oh, epical. I think you, like, I think like, you mean ep- epic. Or well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say E P O C H A L or E P I C A L, which is not a word. <laughs> well, that's an that's an entirely different word. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like, well, I mean, Alan, Alan, Alan Moore is a more grand. I mean, still, Alan Moore is a more grand author anyway. I mean, it's kind of like Alan Moore is more. As you're saying, he's more he's more literary. Like he's not like he's into the actual writing and these these plots and these and these deep characters. And then Grant Morrison, he's even said this before. It's like this kind of like punk rock, these quick one off things. He's into this aesthetic. Not that he doesn't put the same amount of effort, but it's kind of like he's into the pop thing. So he's even said that the pop comic, the pop ideas, getting this idea across in a cool way. So you can so you can really get these ideas and then bending the reality. Alan well, Moore Alan Moore's more okay. dense. I mean I mean when it really comes down to it. If I were to encapsulate the differences between them in terms of what their perspective is on the uh, you know, concept of the comic book, I would say that Grant Morrison is about the idea of influencing reality through the usage of, you know, comics. Whereas Alan Moore is about the exploration of humanity. Right, definitely. That's a good point. So I feel like they have different, you know, MOs, modus operandi. Yeah, yeah, Alan Moore... are searching to do different things. Alan Moore is kind of like, he kind of like loves, you know, the tragedy, the comedy, the drama, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's into these to these still established literary modes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and using that as a vehicle um, and still having, you know, the comic book influence and still having the stylized part of it while Grant Morrison is trying to be more modern, so to speak. Yeah, Grant Morrison wants to, uh, you know, change the world for the better. And Alan Moore just wants to tell some stories. I don't know if that's true. Alan Moore's a very outspoken critic. Alan Moore no, no, no. Alan Moore really just try to put out some ideas. Well, no, that, I, that think, are, I think that he doesn't really care about these big ideas in terms of changing things. I think I don't he agree. Has, I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't think you've seen uh, enough interviews of his <laughs> He's very into saying talking about how you should try to go out and actively talk about things that you don't agree with. And try to speak out against things you agree with. He actively says that he himself is an anarchist. That he believes that that is the most effective way to run a society in an ideal way. 
like he, he says that. He agreed to write, I don't know if he's done it, he agreed to write for something called Occupy Comics. I mean, he's he's very much someone who tried to believe this stuff. He does have a more negative slant, maybe, than Grant Morrison, but he does believe in, he's not just this jaded guy saying, oh, fuck this, or whatever. Remember that whole thing where he was he was criticizing Frank Miller's views of the Occupy movement? Frank Miller has more of the view of like, oh, who are these people? Who, like, you know, who are the you know, they're 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 just these spoiled kids who are who 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 are just complaining about things. And Alan Moore was saying, no, these are these are actually legitimate activists who want to change things in the world. Now, Alan Moore is very outspoken about these sorts of things. Well, in fairness, you know, the Occupy movement was kind of a mess. Yeah, and you know, it's funny fairness, because. Frank, Frank Miller is also an asshole. So. Frank Miller is both an asshole and kind of insane, but he actually had kind of a point about the Occupy movements. <laughs> Sorry this to say. This, this is a different discussion, but, but I mean, my point is more to say that it's hard to compare with Grant Morrison and, and, and Frank and Alan Moore, uh, you know, the difference between the two in terms of their views about changing the landscape of the world, because they're, they're both into that. They're both into, into trying to make some sort of change in their own way. I mean, Alan Moore doesn't seem to be as direct as Grant Morrison. I think that's really the difference. He he really likes to get in sort of the subconscious, getting out those ideas. And it's like Grant Morrison is is like blatantly trying to attack the subconscious. You know what I mean? Like I think that's kind of like the major difference between the two. So, yeah. What about you, Sam? What I think, you think it's also. I mean, another difference is that. Um, I mean, maybe this is similar to what you were already saying, but Grant Morrison the way that he engages with the reader is just like on a much more, you know, emotional sort of level, you know, it's um the way yeah. that he tells his story, like you said, it's more, it's more modern, it's more stylish, it's more unconventional. Um, you know, he's trying to just um, grab you and, you know, the, I want to say like grab you by the lapels and like slam you against the wall. Or like I remember um in the introduction to uh to the Invisibles, I forget who wrote the introduction. Somebody wrote an introduction to it where they said the Invisibles is like the noise a fax machine makes when it's receiving a fax and it blasts that like loud discordant noise in your ear, you know. Um yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's like unpleasant in some ways, but it's also like impossible to ignore. And, um, and it just affects you like viscerally. Um, and, and Alan Moore is totally different. You know, he's, he's writing in a much more, like you said, a literary tradition. He's almost yeah. like he's writing from the perspective of like classics, you know, literary classics. Um, and even like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a direct, you know, link back to that. Or Lost Girls is also like a direct link back to actual historical classics and literary classics because that's right. where he's coming from. And so he's he's engaging in the reader from this whole like um, literary tradition, which is which is like a very different way of, um, you know, of, of interacting between between the author and his, and his readers. Even even V, the character of V, I, even though his idea was he talked about this to create a, like an anarchist superhero. And um, and he said, he created, by the way, one thing that's cool about Alan Moore is Alan Moore actually gives a lot of credit to the, in the creative process to his uh, artists. Actually, he talked about even V for Dead and Watchmen, how Dave Gibbons and David Lloyd yeah. Were, yeah. were 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 active were active uh, creators in. in I've, I've in, read some of the stuff he he wrote about about Watchmen yeah, he, and he, how he, he worked together with. Yeah, he, um, he, was it Dave Gibbons? 
Gabe Gibbons was for yes, Watchmen. Yeah. David Lloyd was for yeah. was for Viva Vendetta. And it's interesting because the, the story with Viva Vendetta is like he wanted to kind of make this sort of like noir uh, thing. And David Lloyd was like, if I have to do uh, another bit of research on like a 1930s car in London, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> so, you know, like, and it's interesting how these things come about as part of the creative process. But anyway, that's, yeah. that's a different thing. But he wanted to create this anarchist superhero, but he was using like this sort of trope and this image, the symbol of like British, not just British resistance, but just a British symbol. You know what I mean? Um, he was also talking about how like there's this British tradition of, of, of having, of you know, just like with Robin Hood, having kind of this dark hero. You know, the American heroes like Superman are more of these bright, shining heroes. But the, the British tradition is to have these, these ones with dark side, these, 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 like, these people who are kind of morally ambiguous. So once again, it's like Grant Morrison takes, takes these, we these could, modern. We could actually talk a lot about why that is, you know, British, um, the British culture having grown up in, you know, um, in a monarchy and then like the whole history of British government being like taking power away from the monarchy and giving it to you know to elected representatives versus like the united states where our heroes were the people who rebelled against the monarchy um you know i think i think there's there's what to talk about there there's there's a ton there but 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 in terms of this it's like it's like i feel like grant morrison I wouldn't say Grant Morrison is aware of these things that Alan Moore is aware of. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Grant Morrison is necessarily like he's a dumber. Like, I, I, I don't want to come off as of saying that, that he's this lesser intellect or whatever than, than Alan Moore. I'm, um, you know, it's just, it's more of like, oh, I think he's, no, of course he, not. He, he and tries, I, he tries I mean, to see, yeah. if you read The Invisibles, for example, The Invisibles is steeped in, in history and classics and literature. But, like, but you can't get away from it. Here's the thing though. What, Grant Morrison tries to attack specifically is subversion in a lot of ways. He likes to talk about the, 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 he likes to glorify the subversion, but specifically, Alan Moore does it, but not just that. Alan Moore likes to be a little more universal in some of these tropes. Um, Grant Morrison, like, for instance, there's this one scene in, um, like, what, I think it's Arkham Asylum, where, where, like, part of you get sort of a journal from this guy, the guy who created Arkham Asylum, and he has this thing where he talks about meeting Aleister Crowley. You know, who's like one of the, you know, the, 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 the beginning figures in the occult. And he was talking about Aleister Crowley. He actually seemed like kind of a nice guy. And he was pretty, just a very, really smart guy who was down to earth, you know. And I think like that's the thing with Grant Morrison. He's trying to bring these subversive elements, which is also kind of a pop element. And that's kind of his structure. That's his schema in a lot of ways. And then Alan Moore, though Alan Moore touches on those things and he uses that, he's trying to use this sort of universal, like these really powerful, deeply written like deeply entrenched ideas um to bring some of his subversive ideas you know because because the whole thing with guy fox and once again if anyone's listening who's a real like british historian i apologize because i'm not an expert in this but i believe with guy fox guy fox is not necessarily seen as an image just of subversion rebellion it just sort of became this tradition where they burn the effigy and he tried to destroy things, and he, he did he's, have his own he's movement. Seen, of- he's 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 been taken on this this uh, symbol of rebellion against government because he-, he was involved in a plot to blow up the parliament. Um, right now, it, he right. wasn't an anarchist, but you know, right, right. I mean, and he was like he was like a Catholic or something. He, like it was, yeah, it was it something was, like it, he was a Catholic, and he, he was, was part of a know, political movement. You know. Yeah. But but I but I but I still think with him. But but I don't think with Alan Moore that necessarily the important thing was just oh that he was just a subversive thing. I think it was also because this is an established British image, 
and and it has a subversive element to it also that's so deeply entrenched in our minds that he wants to uh, he wants to sort of attack those things that's why he you know worked with i think also with alice you know alice from alice in wonderland dorothy uh who's the third one again uh, uh when he yeah, yeah, when he's from Pure Pan. Like, his Dorothy is, is, is not exactly British. But the, the point is, he's using these established characters. And then, you know, Grant Morrison, it's kind of like he'll talk about Cthulhu, or he'll talk about these, these gods, like, 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 like the weird gods, and he'll, he'll talk about these other subversive things, you know. You see what I'm saying? A little bit of that. But yeah. before we wrap it up, you know, and, and say, which we prefer, Watchmen Babies, Invisible Babies. <laughs> <laughs> or, say, uh, say, 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 say what those are well Watchmen Babies was something from The Simpsons when Alan Moore came on to play himself where you know they were making fun of how you know the uh, whole Muppet Babies thing and how people would infantilize and you know screw up and corrupt and mutate existing comic properties in ways that didn't match at all the spirit of the original so the idea of the Watchmen Babies it's hilarious because and of how horrible. B for it is. vacation. Oh, I know that, which was just brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, which of the babies is your favorite, Mister Moore? Uh, and of course, my uh, Invisibles babies is sort of the same idea. It doesn't exist, but it should. Yes. Okay, but, 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 but there I, is, of course, Saturday Morning Watchmen, which uh, you know. Oh, that's another... so. That was incredible. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> and I'm just in the <laughs> Warshak's clowning around. And I'm nutty. <laughs> <laughs> but, All right, um, so let's. But, I, I'd like to wrap it up. Okay, yeah. so, one, one, thing, one thing I will say though, when we, when we did mention just to wrap it up, we did mention you know possibly this idea that like invisible. Graham Morrison says that Matrix took you know really copied a lot from Invisibles and that they had copies of Invisibles on on the set. Who knows what the truth of that is. I will say this. I do think that it is possible to do something with Invisibles um, that would that would be something really cool to be adapted for film. I think some of those character, characters are really interesting, even just aesthetically. That was the thing that Matrix brought to the table, of having these aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing characters who also had this like, cool like, punk aesthetic who also brought something mature to the table. And I think that that's important. I mean, The Matrix isn't so much an Alan Moore thing. It is more of a Grant Morrison thing in that sense of taking these tropes and these pop culture, these pop culture subversive elements and bring into the mainstream, these, these big ideas. So this, I would like one be... segment in the invisibles that I remember distinctly. Cause like in the very beginning of the book, King mob raids some, you know, stronghold of the bad guys and yeah. shoots a couple of security guards or something. And then like, like a few issues later, there's the sequence where it tells you like the life of this guy um, yeah. totally mm-hmm. out of order, right? Like you see him like meeting his girlfriend who becomes his wife and then, you know, and their relationship goes bad. And, you know, you also see him like in school and you see him like getting a job. And like at the end, I think it's at the end of the sequence, like you find out that he works as a security guard at this installation and he was killed right. by King Mob, who's actually the hero of the story. Exactly. But it's just like, yeah, this was like, you know, you just thought this guy was just like a random thug, you know, that just got killed. But no, he's a real person, like, you know, and, and he had a real life. And it wasn't like a good life or a bad life, but it was a human life. And, um, and, that, and the yeah. whole thing is the way it's told, like each frame is like from a totally random part of his life, completely out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no way to do that in a movie. It mm-hmm. is not possible to, well, to do something like that in a movie. 
I mean, Grant Morrison basically said they, you know, they had copies of the Invisibles, and they were told on the set of the Matrix. Yeah, Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what he said. He also sort of, you know, he was saying that the first movie was was actually decent in terms of understanding his Gnostic with the G themes, but the the two sequels screwed it up because they got too much into Catholic imagery or whatever. Well, the two sequels screwed up a lot of things, but (laughs) but that's that'll be safe for our all Matrix all the time podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, It is interesting in that he wrote some stuff in the Invisibles. After the Matrix came out, in response to it, where, in, in later volumes, like he had a whole thing about some of the soldiers incubating in pods, mm-hmm. like the ones in the Matrix. He had a character that looks a lot like Trinity. Uh-huh. He said that that he initially, you know, that he had a screenplay that he had to throw away because it ended up being too similar to what the Matrix ended up becoming. Right. Of course, there hasn't been any talk about that in a while, so who knows what's going to well, happen with that. Well, well I, just just to, to go back to what Sam was saying just about that that one scene, um, I think that is a moment, I pointed that moment where we're talking about the, uh, the that security guard's life that is an example of the Grant Morrison genius when he really can yeah. cross the line yeah. of this out there thing and things because that is a relatable thing. One thing, I mean, that's a thing that just about life in general that you know, especially, you know, when we talk about, like, people in fascist governments, like, you know, Nazis or Mussolini's people or 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 in Turkey or, or wherever. It doesn't matter what government we're talking about in history. We talk about, remember there was a scene where they were talking about, hey, this is good money here. And I have, like, some training with this or whatever and trying to support my family. That's sort of what V Vendetta uh, tackled. But here's the thing. V Vendetta did sort of talk, had this whole thing about showing these characters who are involved in like the government, the fascist government who joined for all sorts of reasons, regular people. But that sequence in, in, in Invisibles was incredible because it showed, it just showed it. It was like this guy's life. Here's why he joined it. He wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He was trying to find money. And then he just, he, in some raid, he gets shot. You know what I mean? And then he has this thing where he has the guy saying again, remember, it's just a game. Like, like all life, it's just a game. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, I was just like, that is magnificent, Graham Morrison, you know, right there. So I think that's the thing. And I think, I think it's kind of like, I think overall, Alan Moore, I think he, he has more longevity to him because he really does sort of attack these sort of, um, these sort of big established tropes and these literary things. Uh, and, and, and he really can get, in the in like sort of the subconscious of a lot of people but grant morrison really has this sort of agency where he can really cut across at certain times really if you're paying attention they can really get to you so i guess that's my final thought on that <laughs> all right well all right as, as we finish things off i want to get back to the uh, first question i asked which is which collection of work that you read do you like more on average and which of these writers is crazier <laughs> Between the two of these guys? Yeah. What do you think, Sam? Um, <laughs> all right. So so I like Alan Moore better. Um, the reason being that I think that, you know, it's some of what I was talking about before about how it's like sort of more coherent. Um, you know, he actually kind of knows where he's going most of the time and he has more satisfying conclusions and, and payoffs in the end um, than Grant Morrison does. Um, so So I prefer Alan Moore. Um, in terms of which of them is crazier, um, I actually think Alan Moore is crazier than, uh, 
than Grant Morrison. Because, I mean, look at that beard. Well, <laughs> yeah. Be <laughs> the, I mean, he, he kind of looks like Cthulhu. Um, if you ever see like well, a picture of him right. with a beard, you know, and it like curls off in different directions like tentacles, it's, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that he like actually, I mean, I know you said that Grant Morrison also believes in magic or whatever, but I, I mean, like Alan Moore is just, um, he's just taken it in like such an insane direction. I mean, all that stuff, the crazy stuff in Promethea and just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he actually like is in touch with reality in, anymore at all. And I think that Grant Morrison still is. And I think that's why Grant Morrison is still writing mainstream comic books and Alan Moore is not because Grant Morrison at least has some, he's in touch with reality to some extent and Alan Moore just isn't. So that's my answer. What about you, Ben? I agree with Sam. Um, and just to elaborate well, on that's it. that's no first fun. Of all, <laughs> I know, I know. But let me explain a little more. Here's an interesting juxtaposition. Grant Morris, I mean, Alan Moore has a ton of hair. And, and Grant Morrison has very little. <laughs> what, we, we should have just ended the podcast right there. I should have just said that at the beginning. And then we would have been done. That would have said it all. And well, that's true. You, you have a weird, it's a weird point. Like, this is such a delicious, like, sort of academic discussion on this. But, like, it's like Grant Morrison, in a way, is more grounded because he specifically tries to approach things in this reality as like, his sort of his bridge to, to getting ideas across. Um, so he's not as crazy. So he understands, like, you know, the, you know, style. And, and, and grace and, 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 and modernity. You know, Alan Moore is in the cerebral subconscious realm. But, you know, it's weird because Alan Moore's stories are more coherent as, as a rule. And, you know, it's, it's hard, but, you know, really when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, you have to admit that just Alan Moore's works, just, just for the very fact that Alan Moore's great works are so great. And so nuanced. I mean, I just think the care and attention that Alan Moore puts into his into his work is just monumental, and 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 so detailed that I don't think really even Grant Morrison come close to that in 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 certain instances. It's and so and I do think that Alan Moore probably is a little nuttier. I don't think Alan Moore is as out of touch with reality as what you're saying, Sam. I just think that he. I, I, I just think that he, he's just super intense and he gets really involved in, 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 in what he's doing. But he's, he's a very honest guy, though. I mean, that's the thing. Um, and I, I, I don't think Grant Morrison's as, as honest, actually, in a lot of ways. But I, I've heard Alan Moore talk and he actually says some very poignant, intelligent things, even about the world, you know, and about his life experiences and even like advice to artists. You know, he says some very practical things that are really good. But I, but I do think he's a little he's a little nuttier, probably just because of his hair, you know. Yeah, that a, doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> help. The last thing, and also you know, like you know, Grant, Grant Morrison, he's you could you feel like you can get Grant Morrison more easily into like just like some party, like hey, Grant Morrison, come take a shot with me. You know what I mean? And right. I feel like Grant Morrison would be like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to have a shot with you, you know. And uh, and and Alan Alan Moore's like, well, if I have a shot with you. I don't really prefer having shots at this juncture. Maybe at separate junctures, I would have a shot with you. You know what I mean? You know, and then his his chin would 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 oh, shake okay. in his. And then the next day, 
<laughs> there would be a new graphic novel out called Juncture. <laughs> and of course, the graphic novel would just be a picture of you from five hundred yes. different angles. Hey, you know, you know, you know, be called. It would be called Smacks Two, and I would love that. <laughs> Perfect. That's right. Juncture. But what, right, what about well, what about you, Jeremy? It's it's interesting because, well, first of all, only one of these people played themselves in The Simpsons, which brings <laughs> it back to the very beginning of our little story here. And in that sense, you know, he clearly has the capability. He clearly has the capability to be you know, down to earth and be funny. You know, to make fun of himself. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but that being said, I think it's true that Ellen Moore is kind of nuttier at this point. You know, you never really know how these things go. They, I think both of them have had very extreme, crazy periods of their life. But, and neither one of them is in the most crazy thing right now. I mean, they're also, it's interesting, like, Ellen Moore seems a lot older. He's only six years older. The right. beard doesn't... Really? Exactly, it's the beard. He's, he's only six years older, wow. He's 59. It's, 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 the beard and, it's the beard and also, like, like Grant Morrison is also into the... Even himself, he's into an aesthetic. He's into being somewhat stylish. I don't think he goes too crazy with it, like, oh, I really care how people look at me. But he does kind of try to look a little cool. He does try to like, yeah. get in shape. He's talked about that. Like, like, I think he's just more of, like, this energetic, active person where Alan Moore likes to sit and really contemplate. So anyway, I just think that's the difference. Sorry, think, go ahead. I think right now, if I take everything in the aggregate, I think that Alan Moore inches out ahead. Even though I haven't read a bunch of his stuff, and I think Alan Moore has some very pedestrian stuff, especially from some of his DC stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and Grant Morrison has some just like, eh, stuff as well. Also in DC Comics, for that matter. I think that right now... I'd have to put Alan Moore just a little bit higher. Yeah. But I do like a lot of the stuff that Grant Morrison does. I think Flex Mental is pretty good. That's something I would recommend that you guys read. So as we finish it off, what is the what, what is one thing we think the other people should read? So we already said Sam has to read V for Vendetta. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read V for Vendetta and All Star Superman. I think I need to read both of those things. Ben so one for me. Maybe needs to read Animal Man. The rest of it. Yes, of course. And, oh. and Sandman, even though we were I'm talking about Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And also you should read Flex Mentalo because it's connected in a lot of ways to the filth and Invisibles. Okay. okay. And it's much shorter, so it's easier from that perspective. And speaking of which, Sam should also probably finish the Invisibles too. And I need to read Kid Eternity and Doom Patrol. Okay. We should challenge you a little more, Jeremy, with this. Um... Okay, and uh, what, Swamp Thing? Yeah, I have to finish Swamp Thing too, but I think you should read Swamp. I think you need to finish Lost Girls. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Alan Moore's seminal work. Ugh. Oh god! <laughs> stop! 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 On that okay. note, I think we're gonna sign off. Okay. All right. Nerd you All right. later. Nerd you Nerd later. You later.